There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into our Monday edition of the podcast. We start off this new week and this new season of the podcast. We'll begin in the book of Job. And I believe we'll start our spring off with the, the book of Job and just see what the Lord will do. We see doctrine in the book of Job. We see uh, a lot of prophecy in the book of Job. And so we're going to look at the book of Job in its entirety with the Lord's help. I don't know how quick we'll be in this. It might be long, might be a shorter. I'm not really sure exactly where we're going to go in the book of Job. I just know what the Lord has given us for the first several podcasts for the book of Job. And so we'll be looking at the book of Job. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready if you're able. Let me announce that we'll be in Saltillo, Pennsylvania tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Uh, that's over in Saltillo is near Three Springs, which if you don't know where Three Springs is, you don't know where Saltillo is. But if you know where either one of those is, it's right next door, about an hour west of us here. And it's the Calvary Independent Baptist Church, 7 p.m. each night. And so if you're in the area, we'd love to invite you to come. If not, would you please pray for the services? I would like to thank each and every one of you that prayed uh, for the funeral and the arrangements that we had about a week and a half ago now on Friday. When my mom is doing well, we thank God for that. And uh, she is, is learning that new life she has, not taking care of her husband and being alone. And so just do please keep Laura McEwen in your prayer, if you would, please. As we look at the book of Job, I want to look at several things to begin with. And I just kind of give a brief overview today of the book of Job without going into a lot of detail. Uh, but this, we see as the book of Job progresses, we see that this calamity comes upon Job. Now, again, one of the things that we have to identify in our lives is which things are of God, which things are works of the devil. And we know that the Holy Ghost hindered men in the book of Acts. We also know that Satan hindered them. And so a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to discern those things, yet the Apostle Paul, with great clarity, knew what the hindrance was. He knew when the work of God was to be done, the hindrance uh, was not the Lord himself. Uh, but yet the Lord works in those ways. And Job kind of sorts those things out in the first several chapters. His friends come and make accusation. To be honest, his first accusation made is against the Lord. And uh, the first accusation that we see against is really indicting the Lord with doing wrong. And yet the Lord spoke on behalf of Job concerning these things. And so we see as his friends come, we see a progression with Job. But then in Job's calamity, much like David, uh, much like many, many other men in Scripture, when that calamity comes upon him, Job becomes a prophet of God. That holy man of God spake as he was moved by the Holy Ghost. And so I want to look at that eventually as we get there in the book of Job and look at the prophecies of Job. And then as we continue in the book of Job, we'll see the workings of God and we'll continue to see the holiness of God. And then God himself will speak to Job. And one of the great lessons of Scripture is that message that God preaches in those chapters to Job. 
and uh, what a blessing that will be. And so pray for us as we kind of take on this new adventure for us. And I use that word adventure not to make it exciting, but because the book of Job is just such a wonderful book. It's just a tremendous book. I don't believe there's any person in Christ that has not looked at the book of Job and looked in awe at the life of Job and looked at what God brought out of Job. And it's just a, it's just a wonderment to us. And so as we look at the book of Job, uh, I'm going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 1. And he says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And uh, that word perfect there is always called in question. So many men call that into question. Uh, but it really, it's more than being complete. And I realize if you go grab a Bible dictionary, they all say complete. And if you go grab an NIV, they all say complete. If you go grab a New King James, in some places it says complete. And so they say, well, to be perfect is complete. But I can I say to be perfect is to be flawless, is without fault. You look at something that is perfect and there's no flaw in it. Uh, there's this faultless. You can't find issue with it. That's what really perfect means. And so Job was a perfect man. God could not find issue with him. Uh, does that mean that in all his doings, he was perfect? Yes, the Bible said he was. There was no fault in his ways. There was no fault in his doings. It was because he feared God and because he eschewed evil, he was a perfect man. Now, did he have frailties like you and I have? Yes, he did. Was his flesh defiled as ours was? Yes, Job was a sinner at one time in his life, just like you and I were. Yet, Job believed God. He is a faithful man. He was a holy man. And the word of God said of him, he said of Job, he was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, I looked at a couple of things concerning that, but I want to look at Job 2 and verse 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And so the Holy Ghost has told us that in verse 1. The Lord reiterates that to Satan, to let him know this man is perfect. I don't find fault in this man. And that's the life of Job. That's where Job lives. The Lord called him upright. And we see that word upright, and I went back to Genesis, really, looked at the first mention of that. And that's not always a key, but it helps many times. But when Joseph had his dream in the land, and he saw the binding the sheaves in the field, my sheaf arose, also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. So he gives you an idea of upright, simply means that. It is upright, it is vertical, it is, it is standing. Exodus 15, 8, I thought this is a tremendous definition. And the, the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together, the flood stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. And so those floods stood upright as a heap. And so what does that mean? They went from the bottom to the top. They stood up. They were vertical. And that's what it means to be an upright man, to stand right. It's the upright in the sense, I realize that's the physical sense. We spoke of the sheaves and of and also of those waves, but you realize to stand upright is to be in a rightful position. It's a man that's held in esteem. Job sat in the gate. He instructed others. We see that in the scripture. He was a perfect man before God. In 1 Samuel 29 is another place I really looked at it concerning this matter of being upright. And I'm not always going to look at every word in the book of Job, but I want to define Job with these words. 
God defined him, so I want to define these words with Job. First Samuel 29 and 6, Then Achish called unto David and said to him, Surely as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in with me, and the host is good in my sight. And then he adds to it this. You see, here's a man that, that, that escheweth evil, and that's talking about Job now, of course. He eschewed evil, but this is what the Word of God said about David. He said, I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. So now we add a little bit to that. We see an upright man, that upright man escheweth evil. Now, we do see that in Psalms. We see that in Jesus Christ. It's prophesied in 2 Samuel 22. Again, in Psalm 18 and verse 23, I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. That is Jesus Christ. That's what the Lord recompensed him for. In verse 25, with the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward, thou shalt show thyself froward. And so again, upright. It's upright and living. It sheweth evil. Doing right always living right, walking right. And so that's an upright man. That's what Job was. He was an upright man. Now, they questioned Job, but it's interesting that the very first challenge made of Job in chapter 8, built out of the Shuhite in verse 6, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. And so immediately he indicts God with wrongdoing. He says, if thou wert pure and upright, well, the Lord said, that Job was an upright man. And so he's judging through man's eyes. Yet God said Job was upright. And therefore he is condemning God with doing wrong to Job because what really he's saying is if you were right and you were eschewing evil as you say you are, then the Lord would make you to prosper. And by the way, that's the folly of today. That's the error of today. Paul warned young Timothy about that, that love of money, the root of all evil, because you're right with God, you prosper. All your prosperity is because you're right with God. And yet there are those that prosper. There are those that live in prosperity. Those are those that have great financial gain. They're religious. They're zealous. Oftentimes, they're extremely religious, but they're void of the holiness of God. They're not upright in their doings. They're not upright in their life. But they look at the gain of their life and the prosperity of their life, and they say, this is godliness. And that is an error. That is a folly. That is something that you don't want to be caught up in. Psalm 11 and verse 7, and the psalmist said, For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold the upright. Psalm 36 and verse 10, speaking of an upright man, O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Now Psalm 140 and verse 13, again, the upright. He's defining the upright for us. Job was an upright man. And Psalm 140 tells about that in verse 13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Now, you know, it's interesting because the only mention in context in the New Testament is in the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, in chapter 2, that great passage and he tells us this in verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, and then he goes on, he rebukes Peter there. But what is he speaking of uprightly there? 
They're wrong according to the gospel. They're in error according to the gospel. They're not perfect according to the gospel. They're not walking uprightly. So again, we see a parallel with upright. We see a parallel with that perfection. And then it goes on and says he's one that eschewed evil to abstain, to carefully avoid. That's why he said to flee fornication. What does that mean? You're eschewing it. It's evil. It's wrongdoing. It's vile. And in Scripture, evil, we know, is the opposite of good, or you could say the antithesis of good. To do good or to, good, to do evil, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But in 1 Peter chapter 3, the Lord gives us some light in the New Testament concerning this matter. 1 Peter 3 and 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, a blessing. That's what he speaks of when it comes to good and evil. Verse 11, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So again, that we see the scripture begins to establish that difference between good and between evil. Now, in the Garden of Eden, of course, there is a tree. What is that tree? It was the tree, the fruit of the tree of good and evil. And so we see that line is always drawn in scripture. And so to do evil is to do wrong. To do evil is not to do good. To do evil is to do wickedness, is to do sin. In Luke 6 and verse 45, the scripture tells us, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. So again, we see the opposite here. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 1 Thessalonians 5 was another example that I looked in scripture of uh, really in one passage deals with good and with evil. And verse 15, to see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So when he's speaking of Job, when he says he's a good man, he's a man of integrity, no, he doesn't say those things. He says he's a perfect man. He says he's an upright man. And also then says he escheweth evil. Romans 12 and 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So we see established that Job is not just a, a decent person. He's not just a good person. No, he's a perfect person. That's what the Lord said of him. He was perfect before God. He eschewed evil. God considered much of Job. Everybody else tries to dumb him down. The modern versions try to dumb him down Job try to make it simpler than what it is, try to make it a little little goofier than what it is. And, and, and his friends tried to do the same. Well, Job, that's not really what you are. No, the word of God said he was perfect. Hebrews 5, 14, but strong meat belongs to them that are full of age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That could be defined as Job. Job could discern both good and evil. Why? Because he was a perfect man. He was an upright man. He feared God, and he eschewed evil. Why do we say what God didn't say about Job? Because it bothers people probably that Job was perfect. It bothers people that he was upright. It bothers Job that as he stood before God, God told Satan that Job was perfect, an upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, let me say this in closing. The reason he eschewed evil is because he was an upright man. But more than that, it's because he feared God. And the evidence of his fear of God was that he eschewed evil. And the evidence of your fear of God is that you also abstain from all lustly flesh that war against the soul. 
But then he also said to abstain from all appearance of evil. Keep yourself not just from the physical, but even the appearance of it. Keep yourself not just from the awfulness of it, but from the appearance of evil. Why? Because if you fear God, you don't want anyone, especially the Lord, to think that you're doing wrong. An upright man, more than a good man, more than Mr. Nice Guy, he was a perfect man before God. So again, as we look at this character of Job, we'll carry this through the next weeks of podcast. but that's what Job is. That's how God defines him. We don't dumbing that down or water that down. That's who Job is. That's the man we're going to be looking at in these next few weeks. Would you have a great day? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.